This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. I want to read one verse from James chapter 2. We're going to, we're going to see several verses from James 2 today. But verse 8 says, If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love the Lord thy, or love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. Now, every time the, the scripture talks about love, it's always Christ's word. Even when we're talking about loving our neighbor, we're not, we're not giving love to them, we're giving love through them. And I think it's important for us to understand that real love starts with God. It begins with love. We love him because he first loved us. Now, we have uh, several young adults here, uh, both in cars and in the tents, and there are many different terms for dating, okay? You're going steady. You're stable. You know, you're, you're in, you're, 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 it's complicated. You know, there's lots of different terms. But, but there's one term that's kind of universal, and, and it's, it's called the love bomb. When you get to that love, you know, like, man, we are, you know, we, we are fish. You know, we're, we're, we're official. And I'll never forget um, that, that day when I... Uh, told Danielle that I loved her. Uh, it was a bit awkward. I had I had I had to fly to surprise her. She was on her um, parents with her parents on vacation. I flew, and the only problem was the plane uh, that I was flying on. Uh, the air conditioner broke uh, halfway through the flight, and man, I was ripe when I went to go see her. I'm surprised she said it back to me. I don't know if she meant it or not. But one of the things that 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 characterized. Uh, characterizes a beginning of a relationship is sometimes we say things and we don't necessarily know what they mean. The one thing I have to say that my wife already knows is I don't think I really knew what it meant to love somebody else uh, because I think I loved myself more than anyone at that point in our relationship. But I will tell you that real love comes when there's a chance to provide real sacrifice. When there's a real expense that's where real love starts. Real love is a choice. And so every relationship has to have a moment where you choose to express your love. And real love is expressed not through words, but through actions. And so there's a few choices. There's two choices I want to make for real love today. First, we must make the choice to have sacrifice over self-indulgence. And then finally, we must choose real value over perceived value. So here's a key thought as we begin. Real love is a choice to sacrifice what we have in order to express true value. So let's look at the, the contrast between self-sacrifice and self-indulgence. Letter A in your notes, self-sacrifice is the only cure to people-pleasing. Now this chapter is all about people-pleasing. Uh, it's all about the fact that there was people-pleasing in the church and, and, and God wanted none of it. And James is calling it out. In fact, in verse 4, he asks a, a convicting rhetorical question. He asks this, Are ye not partial in yourselves? We're all partial in ourselves, aren't we? We're all partial. And, and he says, are, are become judges of evil thoughts? 
Aren't we all kind of judges of everyone else's evil thoughts? Aren't we all partial in some way? And so the way to cure that people-pleasing mentality is to focus on self-sacrifice. Well, what does he mean? Verse number one of James 2. Brethren, have not faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. You know, you can either have respect of God or respect of persons, but you can't have both at the same time. Um, Joe, can I use your chair just for a second? All right, and uh, come on up here. I, I didn't tell Joe I was going to do this, but I, w- I want to use this as an illustration. Do you remember as a, as a kid you used to play musical chairs? And while the music's going, what do you do? You circle the chair, and, and, and you're, you're wanting, when the music stops, you, you want to be the first person and, and if you were really crooked, you'd grab the chair and then sit down. That was dirty. But what the whole point of the game is to be the one person who gets the final chair. And let me tell you about the title that Jesus has here. It's the Lord of glory. It's one of the few times that that, that title's used, and I think it's one of the greatest titles that, that Jesus has because There's only one person who occupies the chair of the Lord of glory, and his name is Jesus Christ. But the the problem is I want glory, and I'm taking it from him. Every bit of glory he is deserving of. But I want that chair that belongs to him. So we have to ask ourselves, are we going to want the chair of glory and pleasing other people? Or are we going to give that chair to God? You see, all have come, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23 says. And self-importance and self-indulgence, it drives the pursuit of pleasing people because we think one day maybe those people will please us. That's the danger of it. And we all, we all fall into that trap. We all fall into the trap of wanting to please people, and this is what was happening in the first century church. And James says, you have respect, verse 3, to them that wear gay clothing. Now, this obviously is lost in a little bit of a translation. That would be happy clothing, uh, you know, loud, uh, you know, really, really fresh clothing, if I can say it that way. Uh, But sit in good in a good place and and then the the people who aren't dressed that way they can just have the seat on the ground but only Jesus is the one who stands up for the people uh, who who maybe uh, don't have the the clothes maybe don't have the ring as it says in verse 2 or maybe don't have the robe so here's a key thought we cannot always try to please people and love them at the same time why because self-love, which is what, what is born in the heart of someone who's pleasing other people, it's self-love, is the enemy of real love. And God says self-sacrifice is the most important part of true and lasting love. He says, uh, love one another, John 15, 12. He says, greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. And, uh, and people-pleasing is not God's plan. In fact, Ephesians 6, in verse 6, it says, Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. I cannot do God's will and be worried about what people think at the same time. I can't. I can't please God and please everyone at the same time. You never will. You know, I've really learned that the hard way through this pandemic. 
You cannot please everyone. You have to do God's will. You have to do God's mission. You have to keep preaching God's method regardless because someone's going to think you're not safe enough. Someone's going to think you're not strict enough. Someone's going to think you're too strict. You're not doing something that you shouldn't. And really what we should be asking is what does God think? What does God think? And so we are supposed to be doing the will of God from the heart. Verse 7 of Ephesians 6 says that we're supposed to be serving God as unto the Lord, not unto men. Man, how convicting is that? See, when compliments are the prize, our pride begins to rise. And when our pride begins to rise, our heart gets smaller. You see, the man with a big head often has a small heart. And, and our, our hand is not reaching out to show love to others because we are wondering what we can get in return. So here's an action item for this week. Look for ways to sacrifice your own desires, your own will, in order to invest into others and ultimately showing your love for the Lord. So let's, let's go at self-indulgence for a second, okay? Let's just, let's dig in, because letter B, self-indulgence is temporary. It's only temporary. Sin is only good for a season. It only lasts for a minute. That praise is only good for a second, and then it makes you sick. But self-denial is eternal. Verse 5 says, Beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom of God, which he hath promised to them that love him? Now, is he saying you can't be rich in faith and rich in funds? No. In fact, every person here that I'm aware of is rich. I mean, we are in the top 1% of the world. We all are rich. But it doesn't mean we can't be rich in faith. What he's saying is it's, it's more of an obstacle to have rich faith. There's more of a self-denial that has to happen in order for you to, to, to love other people because when we have much, There's much to be tempted with. And so self-indulgence, it's temporary. Now, I have to just say this. A lot of people people who don't maybe have as much money as the person next to them think, yeah, preach against those rich people, pastor. Come on, give it to them. And I just want to say that it's not money that's the issue. It's our heart that's the issue. It's our heart. Money's not bad. Gold was God's idea. Do you know that? You know, you know, he told Adam and he, and, and he told, uh, uh, you know, hey, go get the gold. It's worth something. So money and gold are not the issue. Money and gold just reveal the issues of our heart. And so we have to ask ourselves, are we going to choose to allow something that we have to define us? Or are we going to allow some, uh, the, the, the person we are to define us? See, here's a key thought. Money and position, uh, that's what we have. You have a position at work. You have a bank account. You have money, but you are valuable in Christ. You are important to the kingdom of God. And so money is not who you are. A position is not who you are. It is, it is what you have, but value in Jesus Christ is who you are. And so that's why we're fasting. Fasting is not not about what we're giving up, church. It's not about what we're giving up. It's about what we're making room for. Uh, Fasting is rarely fast. (laughs) Fasting is a slow process of self-denial. 
And fasting is, is, a, is a process of saying, I am not going to crowd out what's most important. I am not going to allow abundance to be the enemy of my empathy. I am not going to allow abundance to keep me from a, an abundant faith. So don't falsely associate money with value. See, God's values are eternal, not, not temporary. And our importance in Christ is settled regardless of what's happening in your life right now. And so we offer our love to God by how we love others. Here's an action item this week. I would encourage you to offer an expression of love to God by loving someone who probably won't be able to love you back. Look for someone who probably won't be able to love you back and love them. I would encourage you to, to love someone who, who, is, who is near to you, maybe someone who, who needs it the most. Ask God to bring someone across your path, but be ready because he will. So here's the takeaway. Real love is self-sacrifice based on God's values. Let's talk about God's values. Number two, we're almost done. Number two, real love chooses true value over perceived value. Real value over perceived value. Now, I don't want to raise of hands, but, but how many of you, like me, have ever given a gift to someone, maybe for Christmas or, uh, or, or maybe for a birthday, and, and, and it was on sale, but you peeled the sale sticker off and you just kind of left the, the retail price just because you didn't want to, them to think that you were a cheapskate. Now, am I, am, I, am, I, am I getting too personal this morning, okay? I've done that before. This is confession's good for the soul, okay? I've done that. And let me just give you a little side note before we get to our real point. Did you know that lying about price tags is the number one reasons that, that, that people's relationships fail? When we lie about the price tag, did you know when Proverbs says a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, it's talking about lying about the price of something? So you want to say, oh, they don't mind. I mean, I, I know I haven't been, them, been there for them lately. I know I haven't communicated my love. I know I haven't been gracious like I should. Uh, but it's okay. You're lying about the price tag. And so we can't lie about the price of something. But I want you to realize that letter A, there's something deeper going on here. Letter A, that distorted values, they lead to empty labels. They, they lead to empty labels. I want you to see this in verse 6. We're just going verse by verse through James chapter 2. Verse 6 says this, But ye have despised the poor. So you have labeled the poor as less valuable. Do you see that? They've distorted the value. And then it says this. He asks another rhetorical question, super convicting. Do not the rich oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? He's saying... You despise the rich because they're rich, but you want to be like them. Doesn't that just speak to our culture today? That, that we have our values all out of line. And, and why, why was he mentioning this? Well, verse number two, he says this. If there come uh, into a, in their assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, so he's like, if someone walks in and they're, they're really, they got some bling, right? I mean, they got, they got the robes and they got the ring. And, and man, they're looking, they're looking sharp, right? You want them to sit, 
you want them to sit in the good seat. You want them to have a good seat. But he says someone else comes in, and they're just dressed like a peasant. You're like, <laughs> right there, man. Sit on the floor. Not going to scuff up those shoes. Those sandals have been through a few things. They'll be fine. And what he's saying is people were, people were, were enamored with the outer, but they were forsaking the inner. How do we know this? In this time, we'll talk about this this afternoon on the Zoom call if you want to get on, but, but it, during this time, there were actually shops that rich people would loan out their clothes. They would loan out their rings so that people could feel rich, even if they weren't. Some things never change, folks. I remember the night that I proposed to Danielle. Spoiler alert, she said yes. But the night that I proposed to Danielle, uh, I, I, uh, I pulled up. We were going we were gonna to go on a date, and I pulled up in a brand new Ford Mustang convertible. I was feeling legit. I think I lied and said my car was having, uh, you know, trouble or whatever, which was totally believable for my college tourist, right? But I pulled up, and I was, I was man, I was feeling legit. I had, a, I had a car to drive for that night, and, man, I was feeling good. And she knew it wasn't mine. But go with me for a second. What if I would have, after I proposed and she said yes, what if I would have said, hey, get a, get a picture of that rock because that's rented too? What would she have done then? I would have been eating that ring. That's what would have happened. Why? Because the label engaged, it requires a price that needs to be paid. And we cannot lie about the value of being a child of God. That label comes with a price that has already been paid, but we can't lie about that. So look at verse number seven. He says, here's why this is such a big deal about being a respect of persons and not loving like Christ loves. Here's why. Verse seven. Do not they blaspheme the worthy name by the which ye are called? Aren't you undermining their value as a son or daughter of God? Isn't that what you're doing when you're respecting persons? When you're, when you're treating someone with indifference because of their outward appearance? Isn't that what's happening here? And, and he's saying you're taking the name of the Lord in vain. Have we ever heard that before? What about, what about Exodus, the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not take the, Lord of thy, uh, the name of the Lord thy God in vain. You will not be held guiltless. So that's already a commandment. And yes, that's talking about, you know, that could be involved with cursing, taking the Lord's name in vain, of course. But I think the majority of what that's saying is, don't, don't live under the name of Jesus and not love like Jesus loved. And so when I make the decision to, to not live up to the name that I've been given, it's, I am making the choice to devalue what God values. Friend, this is why discrimination is so evil. Because it devalues what God has valued. And discrimination against the poor, which is what this passage is talking about, that's, that's devaluing what God's value. So let me, let, me, let me, this is where the rubber meets the road here. Our culture constantly rejects, constantly rejects financial poverty. I mean, it is like we run away from a, a bank account that's, that's sparse. 
but we readily accept bankruptcy spiritually and relationally. I mean, we, we live emotionally frayed lives, and we just act like it's normal. And James is saying you can't pick and choose what's important here. In fact, he says in verse number 9, if you, have, if you have respect of persons, you commit sin. I mean, he's just coming right out with it. I loved how James just comes right out with it. And, and you're convinced of the law as transgressors. And he's like, verse 10 and 11, it's, I mean, if you want to parse it the way the Bible parses it, if you're the respect of persons and you're standing next to someone who's killed someone or you're standing next to someone who's committed adultery, read verse 10 and 11, you're, you're as sinful as the people to the left and the right of you. Wow, that's, that's pretty strong language. And so what do we do, friends? Well, here's the action item. We must value the needs of others based on God's eternal plan and perspective. I, I, can't, I can't play God in valuing the needs of others. I just have to take it one person at a time and follow God's plan and perspective. So how do we do that? Letter B, true values lead to empathy in action. Empathy in action. If you fulfill the royal law, what's the royal law? Empathy in action. Loving your neighbor as yourself and doing well. Verse 12, so speak ye and so do. I love that. And that they shall be judged by the law of liberty. He said, you want to be set free from this plague of people pleasing? You want to be set free from fake love? You want, you want to live in liberty and freedom? Then, then here's what you do. He says, then, then what you're saying should match what you're doing. Now, this is different than chapter 1. Chapter 1 says, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers. Now he's saying, don't just be speakers of the word, be doers. That's convicting. And so a lot of times what we try to do is we try to, we try to say, oh, 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 yeah, I, I need to have real love. And we pick up the megaphone to, to tell everyone how much we love them. But Jesus didn't just speak. He also showed it. And this is, this is what Jesus did. When everyone was complaining and jockeying for the chair at the table and when everyone was wanting to uh, show how much they could uh, know about the kingdom and how, who's going to be the greatest, you know what Jesus was doing? He was bending down with a towel, washing off the feet of those beggars near their, near their table. He, he, was, he was washing the feet of the people who were people-pleasing at that very moment. He showed that he loved. He had empathy in action. So anyone can talk about being loving, but it's not intention or even emotion that shows our love. It's action from the heart. It's feeling compassion for the needs around you. And it's ex expressing that empathy through listening and responding to those needs. You say, what are the needs around me? Pure religion, verse 27, undefiled before God and man is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. There are people all around us, maybe even listening on this radio, who need us right now more than ever. And I am praying very soon that we can have a, a place to, to serve from, uh, to, to, to feed the hungry, uh, to, to witness to those. There's the, 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 the cities asking for our help for s several different projects. I want to help.
And I think everyone here should be on the dream team. I think everyone here should say, sign me up. I don't want to just say I love my neighbor. I want to show I love my neighbor. And so here's the final action. We must express our empathy this week by listening to someone who needs an ear. There are lonely people all around you who need an ear. And by responding to what you hear, by responding in action. So here's a key thought, and then I'm going to give you the four action items that we went over during the message. The takeaway is this. The key to real love is empathy in action. How do we do that? Here are the four action items. It spells love. L, look for ways to specifically invest in others. O, offer love to those who may never know or care. V, value other people based on God's perspective. And E, express real empathy by responding to real needs. So I thought the most appropriate way to end this message before we pray is I want everyone on the radio and I want everyone in, the, in your car and in the tent, I want you to hear the Dream Team Creed. And I want to say it together, okay? We're going we're gonna to say it together. I want Pastor Joe to come grab Mike too there. And uh, we're going to say the Dream Team Creed. This is what we say every time before we serve. We say this because this is what I mean by empathy in action. This is this is who we are as a, as a dream team. And if you'd like and if you're not on a team and you want to join a team, we're reamping the teams up. We're getting ready to do some major projects and we want everyone on board. We want all hands on deck. And so, Pastor Joe, lead us in the dream team creed. Everyone stand together. Let's say this together as loud as we can. Hello, hello. All right, hey, why don't we say the creed together on three. Say it with passion. Say it like you mean it on three. One, two, three. I am a child of God. I am loved, chosen, and accepted by Him. It is my calling and my privilege to labor with Christ and to serve His church. Today I declare His word is my foundation. His house is my priority. People are my passion. Excellence is my standard, and generosity is my heart's response. All of this is for him. This is his house, his day, his hour, and it all starts now. That's what we mean by service. That's what we mean by service. That's what we want to do here in Palmdale. We want to impact families and lives one person at a time through the empathy in our heart and through our hands. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle findnewlife. Have an amazing day.